Welcome, listeners, to a podcast that seeks to ignite the flames of inspiration and empowerment within the ServiceNow community. I'm Farah Wells, your host and the director of Linking Humans, the number one global partner for ServiceNow recruitment. Join us on this journey as we venture deep into the world of ServiceNow leaders, discover the very essence of their motivations and the unique mindset that paved the way for their remarkable success. Okay, so today I've got an amazing guest with me today. Um, His name is Felix and he's got an impressive background spanning 20 years driving service management transformations. Now, Felix has played many roles um, over the years, but over the last 10 years, Felix has led architecture and technology enablement teams for many clients at big four consulting organizations. Now today, Felix plays a technical leadership role shaping solutions, building and leading architects and developers and helping and advising clients through their ServiceNow transformation journeys. So Felix, a huge welcome to you. Thank you for being on the well, show. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, I appreciate being here. Yeah. So always happy to, um, to talk ServiceNow, right? There's, there's nothing wrong with that in my mind. Amazing. We all love service now. So, yeah, that's amazing. And, you know, I think for, for many people, because obviously you're based in Canada, for many people around the world who perhaps don't know much about your journey and your background history, could you first tell us a little bit about yourself, how you first got introduced to service now and how you've achieved such great success to be in the position you are today? Uh, sure. That That's, um, do you want the short version, the long version, the medium version? Okay, let's. Um, well, I, I think the listeners will want to hear the best version possible. The so, best version possible. Yeah. Okay, so, <laughs> um, so I got funny enough. Uh, um, I did an undergrad on um, engineering, right? So my background is engineering. Um, I did a uh, um, bachelor's in electronics and telecommunications engineering. I graduated in two thousand, right? So that was a long way back. Uh, but when I graduated, there was a, the dot-com bubble, right? That's that's what I graduated into. And when I was finishing school, basically all of uh, all of my cohort that was uh, you know getting new jobs, etc. Everyone was going into telecom, right? It's, it was just booming, right? There there were a lot of uh, um, things going on, a lot of exciting opportunities, right? Uh, a lot of that, right? So that was kind of what I was looking for. I thought that I was gonna be a network architect doing, you know, Cisco configuration, right? Those, those kind of things. That that was kind of the path that I that I thought that I would be. But when I graduated, there was absolutely nothing, right? Absolutely, it was demolished, right? So I um I did my undergrad. Uh, I am a Mexican, right? So I did that did all of that back then. Um, when I graduated, basically there were no opportunities, so I came back to school, right? So I pursued a master's. Uh, and while I did that, I had, um, well, I had to find a job, right? So I, I started working in contact centers, right? So it was a customer service, customer care supervisor for, for a while. It was just something to pay the bills. And you know what? It was interesting for me because it was very different from all of the engineering stuff. It was, uh, just challenging me, uh, helping me, um, grow in terms of skills that I had never been exposed to, right? So that, that kept me into it, kept it fairly interesting for me. But as, as time 
passed through, right, it's, uh, I realized that I was getting good at it, right? So I developed um, kind of a set of skills. So that led to other opportunities. So I became customer care supervisor, you know, at that point in time, because, uh, you know, basically the dot-com bubble was, you know, demolished anything related to technology. Basically, uh, anything related to outsourcing contact centers was huge back then, right? So that was moving. So that led to opportunities, right? So because I started in contact centers, basically, I started with a, with a company that was somewhere around 100 people. Uh, I stayed with that company for about five years, close to five years. But when I left, it was around 1,000 employees. But with that came a lot of opportunities for growth, right? So I had the opportunity to become a, a supervisor. Then I was uh, the um, major incident manager, right, for, for the organization. And then I became the, the manager of IT, right, of uh, frontline IT people. Um, when that happened, basically I have, there were no processes, no tools, no nothing, right? So that was my first um, experience in terms of ITSM. Because I had to find everything, right? So I looked up, uh, you know, basically references out there for, you know, what would be a good way of uh, dealing with those kind of things. And I started finding tools. Uh, I found ITIL2, right? So I took ITIL2. I took some of those standards and basically just incorporated some of those into the operation. I built a tool from scratch for, for ticketing, right? It was like a dinky .NET-based uh, solution because I really didn't have any money. <laughs> Right. Uh, uh, and my, my boss wouldn't actually, you know, allocate any dollars because no one see any real value into, you know, spending a lot of time with ticketing tools and those kind of things. So I had to build everything from scratch, from scratch. The, the people that I had, um, uh, working with her because eventually we grew, it's, I had to coach them as well, right? On anything related to how to deal with, with IT tickets, right? All, all of that. Um, eventually, uh, what happened there is, you know, become, became a mature organization, right? So I realized that I got really addicted to, you know, just driving that uncertainty, big ambiguity, right? Help, uh, you know, put some structure around things that uh, that that was pretty motivating, right? So then I looked for other opportunities to to do something along those lines. So I started, so then I moved to a company that back then was called ACS, which later got acquired by Xerox and now I think it's part of Atos. Um, but, uh, it was, um, really the, the whole thing was, um, IT services, right? So it's taking over IT services, uh, different challenge, different, right? But it was something along those lines. Eventually it came back to ITSM tooling. I did a lot of pre-sales and, uh, and then I moved to Canada in 2009 with, uh, with the idea that, okay, so I had a great run in Mexico, right? But there's only so much you can do, right? It's because you're always, um, there's a ceiling, right? Into the kind of things that you can take because you're not there, right? So I realized, well, okay, so if I need to, if I want to do something better, I'm going to have to move. Uh, so I, I moved with my wife, right? So we came to, to Canada um, with the expectation that, you know, things are going to be different, probably going to start back again from, um, you know, not from zero, right? But uh, but it's not necessarily you're gonna take on you know basically all the things that you could do back then. Um, I did an MBA, and when I did my MBA, I thought uh, first I thought that I was gonna do finance, right? So that was my idea. Okay, so I'm gonna move to finance. That's what you know moves in Toronto. Uh, that's really what I'm looking for. 
after doing a couple of courses on finance, right, I realized I don't like finance, right? It's uh, the concepts are good, but it's dealing with accountants all day. That's just not for me. It's going to kill me on the inside little by little. Um, so um, then I found consulting. So I thought, okay, so I'm going to do consulting. So I started looking for organizations in consulting and it wasn't long before I was able to find a place, right? So um, I remember when I joined uh, my previous employer um, into consulting, I thought that um, I didn't think that I was going to do tooling, right? Go back to tooling and service now and implementations and those kind of things. That was, I, I honestly thought that I was going to be do, doing something else. But the first question that I got, you know, when they were ready to, to make me an offer is, do you know ITIL? I was like, yes. It's like a fish in water when you're dug in ITIL. So do you know service now? Heard about it. I don't know it that well. And I got started. And that has been nonstop since then. Service now. Uh, ITSM implementations, right? Um, and, uh, well, more than ITSM, it's just service management implementations using service now as, as a backbone, right? But that's really kind of the background on, on how I got to, um, into the service now world, right? And what has happened over the years, it's, uh, I've been doing just service now implementation work for many clients, um, um, you know, from advisory roadmap development, architecture, um, implementations, either doing the project management architecture, et cetera, a bunch of different things. But eventually I veered back to kind of the technical side of things in service now, because really what has been happening over the years, that's, that's where the big gap is, right? There's like a huge demand for, uh, I would say technical skills in service now, which are a little bit different from anything else, right? Because now the, the skill set requires for, you know, for people to understand both the process side of things, but also the technology fairly well in a way that you can understand what you can do with ServiceNow, how fast you can do it and actually implement it, right? So it's kind of, um, I think there's this convergence of skill of both the, both the functional and technical into one profile that, you know, slowly are coming together to, what an effective service now consultant needs to be, right? I don't know. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And so do you feel like the, you know, for somebody that's perhaps starting off their career, that's a good path to go down is to become, to aim to be a service now consultant? I, I think it is, right? Uh, I, I still think it is, but I think that the one thing that I would say is just when I graduated, right? It was, uh, I thought that I was going to be doing something completely different from what I ended up doing. And what I thought it was just going to be like a temporary job, right? It ended opening up a bunch of opportunities that otherwise I wouldn't have. So I guess what I'm trying to say is you need to be mindful of that, right? It's, it's don't, don't fight, right? The wave. It's ride the wave and be as effective as you can riding that wave. You do not, you do not know necessarily what it's going to look like right 10 years from now, but you know that uh, if you're doing something, just try to get better at it. Right. I think that's, that's kind of the thing that I would say. The service now, the yeah, right that path, sounds amazing. probably, uh, but maybe the skills that are required for service now today will be different five years from now. Right. Uh, maybe, mm, maybe definitely. not, maybe it's the same. No one knows for sure. Right. But, uh, but if there's a demand for something, is the best thing you can do is double down on that demand, build your skills up, because what's going to happen is, you know, if you start getting in demand for something, it's going to snowball, right? The better you're at, the more in demand you're going to be, right? And uh, eventually, the more, the more opportunities you're going to have. Thank you. 
Yeah, that's amazing. That is, and and so in terms of like the demand, let's say in Canada, right, for ServiceNow professionals, like you know, if you had to pick top five in order, um, none being the most, number one being the most in demand kind of job role that you can do in ServiceNow. What, what would you kind of pick? Like, what would you say? These are probably like the top five. If you can think of the top of your head. For now? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think uh, yeah. maybe not, uh, I'm thinking top five. I'm not sure I can do a top, well, maybe I can do a top five. Well, let's give it a try. Well, maybe top let's three. <laughs> yeah. First one, item, for sure. Item specialists, right? Those are in so high demand. I was thinking about this the other day. I don't remember who I was talking to. But the, the thing that, that, that gets missed from ITOM is people think about it as a service now skill set. But no, what ITOM is doing is basically automating all of what IT used to do, right? So in order to be an effective ITOM person is you have a broad, you need to have a broad understanding of IT, right? What are all, all these other tools, how an OS works, right? You know, what, uh, what networking does for you, right? Uh, in terms of, uh, uh, IT, how the security works, et cetera. There, it's, it's a broader set of skills than just service now, right? So if uh, if you can effectively become an item specialist, I would say it's more than more than likely you're you're really just a broad IT professional, right? I would say, right? That's that's why it's hard. I think it's 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 not only service now. There's a bunch of other things that you need to learn as well in order to become a, a proficient item specialist, right? That look a little bit different than than the rest. Um, second one is also on the technical path. Um, the, well, I guess we like to say architects, right? But more specific than that, it's, um, uh, the integrations, right? Know your integrations really well. Know, um, when I say integrations, I'm not talking about, uh, someone that can talk data models, et cetera, only. Yes, that's part of it. But more than that is, uh, people that can really understand kind of, uh, integration frameworks, right? What is REST? What is SOAP? Um, uh, those, uh, those kind of scenarios. Authentication, security around integrations. What is generally accepted, accepted, um, you know, conditions on how to do things, right? All that, uh, that is and will continue to be in high demand, right? So we're kind of uh, in a scenario where if, uh, if you want to get the most out of your service now platform is you need to, to integrate it to everything. Right, in order to to automate things around the uh, around the board. Um, beyond that, uh, I think there's a couple of uh, different new areas that are coming up. Um, the definitely the the AI stuff. I think it's it's still a little bit fussy on what that's going to be required. Um, so it's not that clear to me. But I think those two are kind of like the the first two things that come in mind. Not because other things are not essential, but in some other areas, there's already enough people out there that are doing it that it's fairly easy to find, you know, capable people that, that can do those kind of things. Um, that, uh, um, whereas these two other areas, it's always a stroll, right? It's always a stroll. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. So, with regards to like in integrations, um, if someone was searching for a job, you know, on the internet, on Google, right? What what should they type in to to kind of bring up so all those jobs come up? Uh, okay, that that's a good question, right? So it's um so in in my mind because I've done a lot of hiring over the years, right? That so a lot of interviews, right? All of that. Uh, so the kind of things that always come to mind if um 
if it's someone that has no service now experience, I want to be able to see that, for example, if we're talking about integrations, do you know what are the commonly accepted methods for integration? Do you know REST and so, et cetera, right? Uh, and do you know them fairly well? Can you demonstrate that you've done it, right? I, I think that's, that's, um, that's one key thing. And it comes across on how you write things. I think at, at some point it's fairly obvious to see the guys that just copy things from one place to the other because they think they're just buzzwords, but, uh, you know, a, apart from different than the, the people that have actually done it, right? So there is certain things into how you frame things, kind of the challenges that you run into, right? Those kind of things that, uh, you know, you start talking to someone or, or you see it in the resume and it's just going to come different. Now, that doesn't mean that you need to have had spent three years as an integration specialist for X, Y, and Z. Uh, there's so many ways that if you really want to today, you can learn all of these things and, and show that you know, right, without actually having to um, uh, have your current employer, right, um, you know, put you in a project that is related to it or or even spending any dollars, right? It's there's so many tools out there, right? That that you know you can do for build your little application, right? And integrate it to X, Y, and Z. Figure out how that works, right? All of those those kind of things. So so many out there, right? It's uh, so there's no excuse that you know it's uh, well I haven't had the time, right? Or my you know my current employer wouldn't allow me to do it, right? Etc. It's well if you really want to learn, you you can learn, right? I think that's that's the beauty of yeah. days. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and just talking about learning, you know, uh, you know, obviously, like, where would you recommend people to kind of go and learn? Like, is there any sources that you would kind of say, hey, guys, go to these sources? Like, what, what would you recommend for somebody perhaps who's starting out in the industry and wants to learn? Where should they go and find this if their employer is not providing it themselves? Well, I think so. ServiceNow provides an awful lot of training for free, right? So it's uh, all of the the documentation. You can get your PDI from ServiceNow, right? It costs absolutely nothing. You can play around with the thing, right? That just break it, uh, do whatever you want. So many resources out there. So many YouTube. I think that's one of the beauties of ServiceNow is there are so many resources out there that can help anyone just become proficient in it. Funny enough, <laughs> I have a book coming out in, in about uh, a week or so, which is uh, exactly that, right? So I think one of the things that I realized over the years, it's I've had um, had to spend a lot of time just, um, which is always um, an interesting challenge, right? It's, uh, it's just helping people get acquainted with ServiceNow where they haven't learned anything, right? So really the focus was on this book was, okay, so I have no someone that knows absolutely has no clue about ServiceNow. Okay, let me give you the tools, right, that you need in order to be effective. Uh, you know, if you're going to take on ServiceNow as an administrator or as a manager, right, whatever that is, let me give you kind of the basics quick, right, so that you can get started and uh, you at least kind of uh, get your bearings, right, around, uh, you know, how to do things in ServiceNow, how it's going to work, the challenges that you're going to run, et cetera, right? So, so yeah, that's uh, that could be a nice, uh, nice little Yeah, that sounds amazing. You know, What's the book called, Felix? It's called uh, Managing the Service Now Platform. Perfect. And, and where can you, where can someone find this? Like, where is it being sold? 
It's not out yet, uh, but okay. I'll, I'll for you the link uh, once it comes out. It's uh, it's um, I've been doing it with a publisher called BPB Publishing. Wow, that's incredible! That's incredible. So you know, it, it sounds like it's like a real like dummies guide, right? Is it is it yeah, is it something that much. even I could pick up, right? And go yeah, right, okay. <laughs> that's it. That's the whole idea, right? It's uh, it's you know, do you have zero experience with service now? It's uh, read this, right? If you can get through the whole book, you're going to be way better for it. And then you can delve into all of the things that Service Now has, has to offer. I think one of the things that I realized is talking to many different people is, um, you know, everyone wants to find a path for Service Now, right? But it's so broad now. I mean, 10 years ago was a completely different story, but right now it's, there's so much to do in Service Now. So it's so easy to get overwhelmed with with uh, what the tool has to offer. So where do I start? You know, it's, uh, it's, it's such a, such a hard thing to answer. Right. So it's, um, it, yeah, that, that was pretty much the intent is, okay, so get, use this to get started. Right. Then once you have, uh, the foundations nailed down, you, you have some, concepts in your brain then you can actually figure out exactly what yeah that's incredible and, and how did you even come up with this idea like you know to to, to do the book oh uh well a couple of uh different things well for, for one it's um again th this is um doing implementation work with service now this is really where I found that I spend the most time, right? It's either coaching new administrators, developers, or, you know, you know, people from our team, right? From, from the client's team, um, talking to security, right? Spend a lot of time talking to security, helping, trying to get, you know, service now concepts nailed down in, you know, 30 minutes or less, right? For someone that may perhaps don't have a lot of service now background, but they're pretty smart, right? Um, uh, talking to enterprise architecture to figure out where service now needs to fit, right? And same story is I need to be as concise and as comprehensive as I can, but, uh, but accurate, right? So I think that's, that's always a, the thing that, uh, you know, from, from an architecture perspective, I think that's, that's the one thing that it's always very challenging is, is fairly, Easy. Well, I wouldn't say easy, but it's not as hard to find someone that knows all of the stuff that needs to be known. It's really hard to actually condense what needs to be known, right? It's uh, to in, in a in a quick and effective way because the reality is most people won't have the time to go through all of the little neat details and nuances, right? Uh, around the you know um, you know service implementation, etc. So. So it's, um, I found myself, uh, you know, having to deal with those kind of scenarios pretty much all the time, right? Then it's, it's something that challenges me and I'm always learning just as everyone else, right? Um, but I've always found that this is kind of the, the ultimate challenge. How can you get across complex ideas fast, quick in a digestible way, right? And that's, uh, that's kind of, uh, how, um, uh, how it came to be. Well, that then basically the publisher reached out to say, hey, would you want to do a service now administration book? And I was like, yeah, totally. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I would, would love to do that. Happy to. Uh, yeah, uh, why not? And you know what? I bet there's a lot of ServiceNow customers, you know, who are implementing ServiceNow and for them it is quite new. I think it'd be great read for them as well, right? For them to kind of understand the bolts behind the system that they've got. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's that's the whole idea, right? It's it's just something that you can get fairly quick through, right? And then from there, it's um, yeah, just uh, use all the resources that are available to uh, to everyone, right? To um, 
to make the most out of the platform for yeah for amazing well, that sounds amazing. And yes, I will be putting the link in the, the description. So please grab a copy, everybody. So <laughs> amazing. And, you know, just, just talking about obviously um, learning and uh, in particular, like the certifications, right, that ServiceNow mm-hmm. have, um, how in terms of areas of expertise, like, and especially people that are kind of establishing themselves, um, you know, the beginning of their careers, what certifications would you recommend that people should do to kind of get a good grasp on the technology, but also to help further their career? Um, if you're starting from scratch, definitely the you, you need to start with a CSA, right? The, the administrator certification for sure. That's um, that's kind of table stakes for, for anyone that uh, wants to know anything around ServiceNow, right? Uh, so um, once you get that out of the way, I think... Uh, um, I think some people might defer here a little bit on, on kind of the, their approach. For, for me, um, so the CAD, right, the application development or, you know, the courses on scripting, et cetera, those are good. But, I mean, honestly, I think those things you can pick up along the way easier. Uh, right now, these days, because there's so much built into each one of the products, I would say the mainline certifications for, say, if you want to become an ITSM specialist, right, uh, CSM, etc., they're so so valuable, right? I wouldn't have said the same, say, like seven, eight years ago, right? Seven, eight years ago, there were a bunch of certifications, but it was, it was not really... Um, that different from product to product. Now, every little product has their quirks, right? That you really need to understand them really well if you want to be effective, right? When you talk to clients and a lot of it, it's, it's already embedded in, in the, the service now courses that, you know, allow you to be effective at uh, the kind of thing that you do. So the mainline certifications are the ones that I would say you, you want to go for, right? It's, um, after. So it's basically the implementation specialist for ITSM, CSM, right? All of those. I would, if you have no idea of service now, I would start with uh, the ITSM is a basic one. I, I think if um, if you get your head around how ITSM works, right, I, I realize this is kind of like hard concept for people that are not close to service now to grasp, right? But everything in service now is a task, right? So you understand how task works. Basically, you can understand 90% of all of the other modules, how they work, right? From a technical perspective. So you will get your your way around uh, around service now. Notifications work exactly the same, right? Business rules work exactly the same. Approvals work exactly the same way, right? So there's a lot of things that are pretty much the same thing. That's the benefit of the one platform, right? So if uh, if you go, for example, through the ITSM certification, you will get certified on ITSM. Odds are 99% of all clients have ITSM today, right? That's where everyone started. It's ITSM. And, uh, and from there is a fairly easy thing to do to pick up on, on any other certification down the road. Right? Yeah. Um, no, that's great advice. That's, that's amazing. Um, and that's, that's really helpful as well. Um, especially like somebody wants to build their foundations. Um, I think that's great advice. And, you know, ServiceNow, it, it is rapidly evolving, you know, platform. It always has new features. It has updates. How can people stay up to date, you know, and to make sure their skills remain relevant and in demand? Um, so I think there's a combination of, 
So that's a, that's a great question. Let me try to break it down into two pieces. I guess piece number one is, so how do you keep on learning, right? So I think uh, the, the one good thing, if you're certified, I am a, I am a CMA, right? So as a CMA, you, you need to maintain all of this, you know, the mainline certifications plus you need to have, you know, your SCMA um, points, right? So there's a lot of check boxes that I need to follow. But you know, that's, uh, in my book, that's a great thing because it forces me to be up to date, right? With a lot of things that service now, but it's a big time commitment, right? The, the truth is it is a big time commitment. You do need to spend the time. I need to make time to make sure that I'm trained up, right? On all things service now. Um, because it's, uh, it's kind of the commitment that you, you, uh, do when, when you take on, you know, something like that, right? Um, the, the good thing about mainline certifications, it will force you to keep up to date, right? So every year, I think ServiceNow has changed it to every year now, right? But every year you need to renew your certification. So there's a list of, you know, you need to go through a test, right? Uh, get recertified, right? All of that. And it forces you to get reacquainted with everything that your mainline certification will, will do for you, right? So it, uh, that, I mean, there, there's nothing like the docs, right? Then playing around with your PDI, right? All that stuff to, uh, to keep up to date. The other one is the experience, right? There's, there's no better way to put it. It's, it's, if you want to keep up to date, you need to do, right? I think this is one of the things that, that people miss. It's, uh, in order to stay relevant is you need to do the work. If, if you're outside, because I don't know, you're, you're too good to get your hands dirty, right? Then roll up your sleeves and doing service now. You know what? Your, you know, all of your knowledge is going to become stale, right? It's, um, it doesn't because it's never static, right? So if you want to, um, be an effective, um, SME, right? In any, any, any specific area, you, you need to be a doer as well, right? I think, um, um, I think everyone is kind of, you know, um, getting to understand that, right? But, uh, but at some point it's, um, yeah, you still need to be around and play and, and do things, right? Uh, you know, with, uh, with a tool in order to, to stay relevant, right? If you don't, it's, you know, all the things that you do, they're, they're going to become sales. So don't let them become sale, right? It's just, it's, um, I think that's also kind of the caveat, right? One, one of the things that I realized, uh, over, over the years, it's, uh, when you work for someone, right? Or you're doing, um, well, service now work. But more broadly, just working with someone, you, you always have, you're doing two things, right? You're exchanging your time for, uh, for work, right? That is going to give someone some value, right? Then, you know, basically you're, you're going to get paid for it, right? Something along those lines. But you're also learning, right? The learning goes back to your, uh, to your personal investment, right? Bank. And that is so hard to quantify, but it's so valuable. If you keep on learning, you're winning, right? It's, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not something that people are taking from you. It's, it goes to your personal bank. So if you approach with, uh, anything with a mindset that I'm going to learn something, right? It's going to come to you. It's not going to come to anyone else, right? So even if it seems like, you know, it's going to be, well, it's not what I'm mandated to do, right? Or, or something along those lines, but you know what you're going to learn? Why not do it? Right. It's, it's going to come back to you. That's something that you're going to benefit from. Right. It's, um, 
it's always a win-win, right? Those kind of scenarios, right? So it's uh, don't shy away from those kind of things, I would say, right? That, that's that's really how everyone learns, right? It's just being exposed to new things and stretch yourself. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that line you said, learning uh, is is winning, right? Because, yeah. and, and like you say, you know, if an organization, a company is is offering for you to kind of do some certifications or, tr- or any sort of form of training or even mentorship, right? If someone's giving you some advice, is take it because it, it goes with you, right? So wherever you go, it's building you up. So I think that's, that's an amazing kind of mindset and way of looking at things and 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 that's the thing like you know Felix especially like people that have got to your position you know that you know people kind of get a bit relaxed they think well hey you know I you know I can chill out I've I've done the hard graft you know (laughs) how do you maintain that mindset to keep on you know being inquisitive to want to learn like how do you maintain that mindset uh that's um let me think about that one I'll flip that question a little bit. I think one of the things I realize it's, uh, you know, especially when doing service network is I run into two types of, I would say, um, consultant, right? I would say it's uh, consultant number one. It's in there for, for the money or they think that it's going to give them some skills down the road, et cetera. They're not invested and not interested in, in the work, right? They, they don't get excited about you know, just tinkering with things, right, with the tools, etc. That type of mindset, I find that, you know, it it will be great from some other roles, right? But if you, you wanna build your career around service now and or or just technical implementation, etc., is it will be devastating for you. It's not gonna work. You're you're not built like this, right? If uh it's just gonna become so cumbersome, so difficult, it's you're not gonna find it fun. It's not gonna excite you. Why are you doing this to yourself, right? I guess I would put it like that. On the other hand, if uh, if you're on, you love to play around with things, right? You're a thinker. You're always very curious, right, in, into how things work, etc. And you love to spend time there. Then it's gonna become just second nature, right? So if uh, if you're this type of person, right, then and I know it, this is not everyone, right? Even talking about people that have gone through. Uh, like CSC, right, uh, courses, right, computer science, right, all of that, is I realize that not necessarily everyone is like that, right? There, there are some people that genuinely love it, love getting into, into the weeds and, and just getting into um, the, you know, the nitty-gritty of things, right, and all that. And uh, those tend to thrive in this kind of environment, right? Those that don't, they can, they do really good, right? They find they really do really good, right? But you know, it's better to look for an, an opportunity that is going to run, um, be centered around. So, for example, sales, project management, uh, you know, all, all that that stuff. Because otherwise, you're just putting yourself out for a world of hurt, right? That's what's going to happen. Why do you do that to yourself? It's uh, in the end, it's what it's. Um, I think one of the things that I realized it's uh, over the years, I build my career in a way that is comfortable for me, because I think the way that I want to think about my career, this it's not a sprint. It's a marathon, right? So I need to be able to run the whole thing. And I don't want to be in it 20 years. I want to be in it 40 years, right? So what is it going to take me for me to be, you know, um, rapid, engaged, right? Uh, you know, and, and happy with the kind of things that I do, etc. Right? In a way that is scalable, right? And I think that's that's the thing that, that I've learned. So to your question, I think it's uh, 
it's just finding the right balance that works for you, right? So if uh, so, there's a little bit of stretching, right? Uh, a little bit of uh, just uh, making sure that um, you're doing the right things, the things that are required to do your, your job effectively. And the other one is, you know, uh, dialing in on those kind of things that are gonna be uh, make you effective and and truly happy, right? That with the, the kind of things that pursue. If you do that, I think you can be in it for forever, right? It's uh, I don't think there's any limit, right? It's just I've, most of the times I think you, you end up pursuing things that you think are what is what people expect out of you rather than what you want to do, right? But I, I forgot to mention this, right? But there's only one version of you, right? There, you know, so everyone else is already taken, right? Have you heard that? that that's great. Right. So if you try to emulate someone and exactly what they do, you know what? You, you'll find that that might not be exactly what what works for you. Right. Uh, I think this day and age, we're kind of in a situation where, you know, the, the world is so flat. Right. And there is so many ability to become the best version of yourself and people can reach out to you regardless of where you are. Right. So the better thing you can do is, you know, come out, come up with that unique value proposition that is you, right? And just put it out to the world, and um, and eventually that's that's gonna snowball, right? Yeah, that's amazing advice. That is, and you know, it, it it comes down to even you know to the simple fact that find something that you that you love and you will never work a day in your life right yeah. so and then everything yes. comes with it so yeah i love that and you know obviously you, being cma qualified right so you know lots of people i know want to 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 get on the cohort you know um talk to us talk to me a little bit about that cma program and is it something that you would recommend oh yeah i i would absolutely recommend it it's um it's where to start. It's it's definitely hard to get in, right? It's uh, it's not cheap, right? Uh, but usually your your employer needs to to back you up, right? With uh, with the fees and all that. But but it's definitely recommended. You you would definitely reap the benefits of of the program. Uh, I think that the the CMA program is geared towards those that have already spent a lot of time with with ServiceNow doing. Um, I would say mostly technology-oriented work, right? So it's uh, you've been an implementation specialist uh, through a couple of products, right? Those kind of things. Uh, you know the platform really well. Um, something along those lines. Uh, it's you're, you're probably a good candidate to become a CMA, but it is very competitive to get in, right? Uh, it's um, it. Uh, I was lucky to get in probably the first when was it? Second year of the program, right? So it was. Uh, it was um, it was early on, right? Uh, but you know, it's because there's so much awareness and so much you know traction that the program has gotten. It you know it's probably way more competitive now than it was before. I also had the benefit that I already had done a lot of work in service now when that came came in, right? So I kind of put you at the front, right, of uh, of the line, right? Uh, but um, but it is totally worth it. I think the the key thing to what is it that you're going to learn, right? Is you're not going to learn a lot of um, technical skills around service now because that is already expected out of you, you know, to, to the program. I would say it's kind of like a mini MBA for, for technical people on service now. So what you're going to learn is how to effectively communicate, again, you know, tough technical questions, right? Um, so um, that that is so valuable, right? It's super, super, super valuable, right? Um, 
it's um it's worth worth the investment i think yeah yeah that's amazing yeah i know so many people myself personally that would absolutely love to, to kind of get on that program so and yes you're right it's very very competitive and i think that you know to be honest with you i think last time i looked at the figures there's less than 250 people worldwide who are cma qualified so you're quite a, a, a small pool at the moment um so uh yeah no absolutely so look th this has been amazing I, I think look my sort of last question that i really want to ask you okay is if you could go back in time Okay, uh, in a time machine and talk to your 21-year-old self, what advice would you give him? And this could be totally non-work related as well. Uh, 21-year-old 20, self. Um, I think I'd, I'm trying to think of a good answer for that. It's I, I would think is don't, don't get too hung up right on on things, right? It's just because you need to learn how to ride a wave. I think that's kind of the key thing. It's after all these years, it's, you know, it's you just need to learn to ride the wave. You don't know exactly how the end is going to look like. No one knows what the end game is, right? Just ride the wave. That's the, the best thing you can do. It's uh, if if you're outside in the ocean and you're trying to, you know, you swim against it, is are you going to be able to get through? Maybe but you're going to get spent. But by far the best value that you're going to get is if you ride with the wave, right? So help understand understand those patterns of how things move and, and go with those rather than trying to fight against those, right? The best, the, best, the, best, the best way to approach, say, for example, swimming or something like that is you, you want to go with the current rather than against it, right? So if... Um, if so meaning that uh, you know if you see that something is gaining traction is don't don't discount it right it's um there's um probably what it's just a small blip right now is going to become huge in 5 years from now you never know right it's uh but uh um if you try to force yourself into something right that exists today because that's what you're looking at you know probably once you have the opportunity it's not going to be a big thing anymore right so there's always kind of ebbs and flows, right? So it's um, it's important to don't get over attached, right, to, to how things are and you know what uh, you know what things will look like. I don't know exactly how my career is going to look in five years, right? Um, but uh, I'm excited about all the opportunities, right? So I think that's um, yeah, that's probably the best thing that I could think. That's, uh, that's amazing advice. That's brilliant. So, well, look, Felix, thank you so much for today. It's been amazing to talk with you. And everybody, please, please look out for Felix's book. Um, no doubt it's going to be fantastic. Um, and I will put in the link in the description. But thank you so much, Felix, for your time today. No problem. Thank you for, for talking for her. Thank you.